1: Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, the horror movie podcast for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And it's Thursday, which means it's almost Friday, which means you are probably looking for a movie to watch this weekend, and we desperately want to influence your decision.
2: We're coming off the heels of some pretty intense episodes of Nightmare on Film Street. We had we had a bit of some pensive doozies. Right?
1: We got oh, so much gloom in those <laughs> last two episodes. We got way too heady. We got sad. And I think we've course corrected. I think we're back on track.
2: I Not that those were bad movies. I loved talking about them, and I loved taking that detour. But with Nightmare on Film Street, we always like to keep it light and fun. And so we want to make sure we're keeping a nice balance. And yeah, course correcting indeed. We watched such a fun movie this week, and I can't wait to talk about it. It's Popcorn from 1991.
1: This is the first time watched for the both of us, and holy shit, does this sort of just perfectly encapsulate that Friday night horror movie feeling. Like, I just want to watch some fun, some dumb fun horror movie that's not trying to make me have an existential crisis you know i just want to have some snacks maybe a beer and hoot and holler at my tv until the sun goes down or until the sun comes up i guess pulling an (laughs) all-nighter tonight guys you don't have to watch popcorn this weekend we think it'd be a lot cooler if you did uh and right now kim's gonna give you three good reasons why you should check out popcorn
2: number one it's gonna be real easy it's the setting 1991, you got that late 80s, early 90s fashion, style, music. It is just such a joy to go back to that time. And what a time capsule of hairstyles and high-waist, loose, baggy jeans and bad boyfriends. and. I just loved it.
1: You'll you'll notice that no one yet has I mean we're only a few a few minutes into the podcast here, but you'll notice that no one has said anything about the plot or the motivations of any of the characters. Oh,
2: the plot is the trashiest part of the whole movie. Yeah, but it is like a loving
1: tribute to the 1950s sci-fi horror stuff. You is know, this your number two? This is my number two. Loving tribute to 1950s sci-fi horror movies, especially movies made by guys like William Castle, House on Haunted Hill, uh, the fucking- Even Hitchcock. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, just like movies that had gimmicks where you went to the theater and there was a shock clock that would announce when the next movie began. I
2: love the shock clock.
1: Buzzers underneath your seats that would electrify you when somebody got zapped on screen.
2: The Emurgo Skeleton that flies across the room, only it's a mosquito. (laughs) It's a mosquito in this
1: one, but yeah, holy shit, filled with plenty of atomic age horror sci-fi gimmicky goodness.
2: Loved it. And number three kind of piggybacks on that idea because this film is such a celebration of horror, and as a horror fan, I am so envious of this horror movie all-night marathon they have and just how fun and celebrated it is in the film There, there's a huge crowd of all of the young people in this town lined up before this theater closes they revamp it everybody comes in costumes just like ready right? to party. It's like fucking Halloween it's,
1: it's not Halloween right? Like, no. No it's just like some fucking day in the middle of the school year like they're gonna get a they're, they're essentially hosting a fundraiser but everybody who shows up is wearing a fucking costume we got people dressed as mummies we got Draculas there's a dude who's got like a second head attached to his shoulder
2: and it barfs and it barfs on command
1: <laughs> oh man what a what a rad crab!
2: yeah the last time i had this much proxy audience envy yeah. was scream 2
1: yes i don't know i don't know which audience i'd rather see a movie in i mean my chances Ooh, that's tough i was gonna say my chances of dying in popcorn are a lot less but i'm almost positive that if the villain had of succeeded in what he was trying to do everybody'd be dead At least in Scream, it's like getting a really shitty lottery ticket. Yeah, just
2: don't be uh, a Drew Barrymore type.
1: (laughs) Yeah, or a Jada Pinkett Smith type. Damn. Uh,
2: I'm definitely not a final girl, so no Scream 2 for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: we sit in the aisle seats. I think that's the easiest way for us to avoid getting killed, right? Like They always kill somebody in the middle because, ooh, how scary is that? You're surrounded (laughs) and protected by no one. No one's going to stop you from being murdered. And
2: we'd be in Scream outfits, so, I mean, we're... We're part of the cool squad.
1: We could be the murderers. Oh.
0: (laughs) Before the horror of Halloween. Before the fear of Friday the 13th. Before the evil of a nightmare on Elm Street. Before them all, there was... Now, 15 years later, he's back. Oh, yes.
1: There's something happening here that
0: I've been looking for all of my life. There's smoke. Someone takes her hand. She's running. The same man comes towards her.
1: I'm f- I'm all fired up I'm I'm so ready to talk about this movie. Unfortunately, the critics of the time not nearly as fired up about popcorn as we are right now. Uh, it is popcorn is currently sitting at a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb, a crushing 38% on oh, Rotten Tomatoes, a
2: realistic 38%. <laughs> I,
1: I don't I don't know, Kim. I think I might be here to argue with you today. And a 3.2 out of five on Ladderbox.
2: I think you got to admit to yourself, John, that this is a bad movie.
1: Oh, no, I can't. I can't say that. It is bad, but in the best
2: ways. Nope, 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 nope.
1: I think this is the Citizen Kane of early 90s movie making.
2: Okay. Yo, it's got
1: movies in movies. Yeah, great. Not (laughs) only. Okay. (laughs) It's got a plot, I've been told. (laughs) Yep. But yeah, this movie is so, so much fun. Um, unfortunately, yes, there are some beats in it that just maybe don't quite make sense. Is it a supernatural movie? Who fucking knows, oh, man? Let's <laughs>
2: let's talk about it.
1: <laughs> but it is a super-duper fun story about just, like, a group of uh, kind of annoying film kids who, I mean, it's, it's uh not... Hey,
2: they come through for horror, John.
1: Yeah, they do. I shouldn't really shit on them a whole lot, but they're sort of your stereotypical... Uh, aspiring filmmaker types from high school. Auteurs. Yeah. (laughs) They've all got their own uh, annoying little obsessions in different different genres of filmmaking, but they decide as a fundraiser to put on an all-night horror marathon at a movie theater that's basically going to be condemned very soon. The
2: dreamland, and it is a beautiful theater.
1: Incredible. So lovely. Yeah, I do love the montage of them cleaning up the movie theater, though, because it's basically just like, yeah, all you got to do is grab a broom, push out all these old newspapers, and bam, 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 movie theater's ready to go. Yeah, and you're
2: <laughs> like, mm, mm-hmm. And what then about, we... like building inspectors and code. No, nope, and... <laughs> none of that.
1: The electrical's up to up to snuff. The the floor's definitely not going to cave in because nobody's taking care of it. Like why was this theater closed in the first place? Cuz if it was because of people not being interested in movies, I I don't believe that. This town seems fucking horny for movies. They do
2: seem horny for movies.
1: More importantly, if we do, if we roll it back just a little bit, The movie opens with a wild dream sequence. It's not even like super crazy. It's just like it makes no sense. There's a a guy who kind of looks like Jesus, but he's got his head severed and on a plate and he's just like talking to this little girl. Somebody tries to stab the little girl with a crazy knife and then bam, she wakes up in her bed. It's a completely different girl. She is uh, approximately, I assume, 17?
2: Yeah, that's Maggie, our lead, and she's like, yo, I'm gonna make a film of this nightmare. Yeah,
1: she you know It's kind of it. I do love the idea Of somebody just Creating a journal Of all of their Weird nightmares And making a movie Out of it I and mean she,
2: that's David Lynch's Entire career it's, right <laughs> Right yeah that's, It's
1: David Lynch It's Skinnamarink It's uh, not An uncommon move <laughs> In movie making But she's like These dreams Are gonna be My ticket To fucking Hollywood She thinks Her <laughs> nightmares I'm in baby Yeah oh, it's, just, it's just A matter of time What uh, what is it That she says To her mom Like do you think That Orison Welles had had Citizen Kane dreams before he made that movie like come on it's only like five minutes into this movie before we get a montage
2: that is one of my favorite things about this movie is how quick it fucking starts I love that cheesy montage and I love that we just get into it first five minutes we learn who our lead is they're trying to raise money for their film club and they decide all night horror movie marathon, old theater. So it's just like, let's get ready because they only have three weeks. And so we get the great montage of them changing all the light bulbs and sweeping the floor.
1: Yeah. And bring get... in a new popcorn machine. Zoom in on the title popcorn <laughs>
2: where everybody stares at the camera and is like, we did it. Uh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love a happy montage.
1: It's great. Yeah. And the th- the cool thing about this, too, is that not only are they putting on a all night movie marathon, they're doing it with all the gimmicks. I mean, we kind of mentioned that already. But, you know, any other horror movie marathon wouldn't have the emergo and then the buzzers and everything underneath the seats. You just go and watch the movie. It must have cost a fortune to keep and rent all of that shit. They make it seem like you could rent it for a few hundred bucks.
2: They got it from that guy with that big fun trunk. I don't think they paid anything. He just showed up and was like, hello, I have a weird suspicious hat but don't worry, I'm never gonna show up again. Here's all the stuff you need. Oh look, a giant mosquito I just so happen to have.
1: He, Yeah, but he shows up and he also gives them like the coolest fucking speech where he's just talking about the power of cinema and before all of your multiplexes and, like, and your superplexes and <laughs>
2: You're like, "Bitch, why don't you buy this theater?" <laughs> yeah, you've got everything you need
1: to put butts in seats every single
2: night. Look at this turnout. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. He's and they're all in pristine condition. Like they should just take the money that they raised from this fundraiser and buy the movie theater. Like, fuck whatever film program you're working on for school. The theater's yours now, and you run
2: it. That would be great because then they could like play their student films there.
1: Yeah, it seems like the perfect plan. I I also love that that... Popcorn
2: needs a sequel. I mean, there is no film club left alive, but they can figure it out.
1: (laughs) Did you see that the director of this movie... Mark Harrier, Mark Harrier. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. He could be French Canadian. He could just be from Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> Why Wisconsin? I don't know. Uh, he uh, he was an actor. He was in the Porky's movies. Have you ever seen those? No. It's like American Pie. Thirty years before American Pie, and ooh boy, is <laughs> it <laughs> thirty years before American Pie? It's like the wild sex, sex romps of the of the 1980s. He directed this movie, and it's his only. It's his first and last feature film.
2: Wow! Yeah, I, there was another director attached. Can't rem- I don't know if I remember this correctly, but originally this was offered to Bob Clark, yes, who did I read Black that too, Christmas, yeah. and he recommended like his buddy or whatever. It didn't work out with him, but he had he directed all of the mini films within the film. Yeah, and so Mark Harrier directed the overarching story. There is still kind of like a dual directing. I mean, mm-hmm. if you consider, well, I think. The, the films within a film are pretty substantial.
1: Yeah, they get a shit ton of screen time. It's more than you would just add to like a like a second unit director credit, right? Like, and they're
2: all fucking great. They're so good.
1: I mean, I was raving about them, and you were like, "Okay, sure, John, calm down a little bit." But like, there were shots and camera movements, especially in the second feature, the like the the Electric Man movie, that I was like, "This is fucking amazing!" Like, I would watch the shit out of this movie.
2: Well, and it was so great too because, uh, and you file you feel this especially especially in, like, the mosquito one. (laughs) There's a full feature in there. Yeah. But they do a great job of telling you the whole story in, like, the five minutes of scenes we see. Yeah, like, we're
1: occasionally coming back to the movie theater to see how the audience is reacting, to sort of, like, get uh, a few shots of people getting zapped and getting, you know, scared in their seats and stuff. And in those moments, you see clips from the movie. And it's so great, because they're all their own contained little short films. You could edit them together and still understand the entire movie. It's fucking
2: Except bad. for the stench because that one gets cut early. <laughs>
1: the stench, yeah, there's not a whole lot going on with the stench. It's just like some guys who are in a cave and then they go, something smells. Do you smell that? And then <laughs> bam, the fucking like, stink fog rolls into the movie theater. Oh, oh I love a... it.
2: I love it.
1: That's not one I'd be excited they to
2: see. They gave you nose plugs. It's the nose ch-
1: plugs are fun, but you know they don't work. You gotta <laughs> breathe at some point. I'd rather smell it than taste it. Who's <laughs> Yo, some of the scents they were using, like okay, what are we gonna choose? Like, oh, let's throw in dead dog and body odor. And yeah, then... they're
2: artificial scents though, so you could just be like, ew, and then laugh. But the,
1: the, I don't know. I think something like the the Odorama card from John Waters Polyester's a little better because if you smell something super gross and you're just like, this isn't for me, you can skip the other few.
2: That's like those um Jelly Belly like birdie bots every flavored bean. Yeah. <laughs> This one was boogers. The funny thing about us praising the films within a film, like the mini films, is that the plots of them, fantastic. The plots plots of this film, questionable. Questionable, but so much fun inspired
1: oh man there are so many great ideas in this movie it's full of laughs genuine laughs not just like i'm laughing at this movie because it's bad like actually great you're supposed to be laughing at this moments
2: yeah like her shitty boyfriend is so bad at staying on his feet
1: He gets knocked over constantly, yeah. He
2: falls downstairs, he gets eaten by a dog, he gets beat up by some chump who's now taken over his not-a-girlfriend girl I brought to make my girlfriend jealous girl. It's a lot.
1: There's no way that they actually raised money for this event, right? Like, when you think about, unless... We're going back to you saying that they got all of this. All gear the amurgos were
2: free. For free. And they for were free. Yeah. For the love of cinema? He showed I, up with I, trunks and he was like, Hello, here are your proppy props.
1: Yeah, they're like Professor M or something. He's the guy who, <laughs> who plays Mr. Han in Fast Times of Ridgebound High. That's the other thing about this movie, is that there are so many actors in it that are in a million other things you've seen. We've got a we've got a, a dead girl from a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. We've got a guy who's been in a shit ton of Woody Allen movies for some reason. We've got Mr. Han from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. There's and fucking Crispin Glover's dad has oh a cameo God. appearance. He's the electric man who gets uh who gets killed on Death Row. Killed? He gets electrocuted on death row and and but survives and is now continuing his reign of terror as an electric serial killer it is so goddamn good
2: and Maggie the lead is really familiar she was in a lot of horror movies in like the oh, yeah, you 80s looked this up. and early 90s she was in cutting class with Brad Pitt of course and classic she, she was in a uh, fan of the opera adaptation
1: oh the Robert England one yes 1989s Fan of the Opera, Robert maybe. Englund, yes. maybe. Maybe, yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, did and you- something else that I'm forgetting. Okay, did you see that she replaced the actress from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Oh, really? Yeah, like the director got replaced and also the lead. I don't know why. She's a great actress. Like, she won, she won a Teen Choice Award for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. <laughs> But it's such a fun cast. Like, though, everybody in the movie is just having so much fun doing what they're doing. And motherfucking Dee Wallace, who's only in the movie for, like, four minutes, but she's great always because she's Dee Wallace's lover. She does get kind of, like knocked out and disappears for half the movie this 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 is actually the part of the movie that i genuinely don't quite understand there is man so maggie is plagued by these nightmares that she can't quite understand or place and after they've set up all of the equipment and cleaned up the movie theater they mysteriously find a roll of film like oh what's this it says warning never play don't play (laughs) it's cursed but they're like we should probably throw it in and see what's what
2: and then immediately after they play this really weird film which is like a bunch of eyeballs a guy's head on a table la 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 their film's Teacher knows everything yeah. about the movie. They're just like, what just-
1: the hell was that? He's like, wow oh, that was an old film called Possessor, made by a man named Gates, who was an experimental filmmaker, who and also a cult leader. It's like, what? I thought you were also confused about what the fuck this was. <laughs> like, it had the name on it. It's, I think it said Possessor, and there, he's just like, I don't know, I'm as lost as you all. But he's apparently the uh, historian for the villain of the movie. It's well, and, crazy. And
2: also too, after they watch this film, which Maggie has like a visceral reaction to of course of course goes home and she's like yo mom do you know anything about this movie possessor and this weird cult guy and and you're like well, <gasps> what <laughs> why is she asking your mom about this her mom does not look like a thespian <laughs> <laughs> and mom's yeah like uh that's definitely not your biological yeah. father
1: <laughs> you definitely don't have any sort of psychic bond with that with the man who made that movie yeah he uh he, he people he was laughed out of the film community people hated his dumb experimental stuff it's real Charles Manson-y of him and uh, his final film Possessor, he only screened once and the last sequence of the movie was actually done live on stage, the movie screen would come up and he'd be there with the actors which were his family members, his, his wife and his daughter, and he was supposed to murder them on stage and he locked the he locked the doors of the movie theater and burned the place down and everybody inside burned alive Uh, At least that's the story. Obviously, uh, obviously, we find out that Maggie is maybe, possibly, definitely the, <laughs> the daughter of Gates. And he's now trying to possess her from beyond the grave based on a weird phone call that D. Wallace gets.
2: Yeah, so D. Wallace's story is the only thing that makes me question the logic of the entire film. Yeah. Because so she goes to the theater late at night after she gets a phone call from beyond the grave.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Saying, I'm the, I was the possessor. I, I was the possessor possessed i will soon be the. i just
2: want my sarah whatever yeah and so she goes to the theater and then all of this magical shit happens right she
1: shows up and all of the letters on the marquee start flying off and they're just like slapping her in the face and shit and she's like <laughs> ah! and she she so she goes in to try and find gates and you know he like subdues her and grabs her gun and that's the last time we see uh d wallace for a little while but yeah what's what's going on there
2: yeah because we learn throughout the film that oh surprise the killer isn't this guy back from the dead it's not gates it's actually dun 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 toby the fellow film student who's been wearing faces which we'll get into Uh,
1: well so
2: he's because (laughs) he, he was in the original screening of possessor got burned alive uh but got out his mom died and he's avenging her death. Avenging her
1: death, avenging his like dismemberment mutilation. He's got burns all over his body. All over his body. He's real salty about (laughs) it. It's like, do you know how long it takes to get ready in the morning to make Toby and to, to, to to remain Toby for the whole day? He's just, he hates that he's got to spend eight hours in the makeup chair before going to high school. (laughs) The funny thing is, I mean, obviously this was all part of his plan. He was the, he was the guy who proposed that they he do... He spearheaded
2: the movie Marathon.
1: Yeah, and everybody voted on it. Nobody seemed on board until that montage. They were all like, yeah, sure, whatever. I guess we could do this. And they, they really get sold on the idea of maybe having a little bit of money left over from the fundraiser to to shoot their own sort of experimental short films. But uh, by the time Marathon Night moves, rolls around, everybody is so on board. Everybody's in costume. It is the coolest goddamn night at the movies it just it just hurts my soul that that's not something we could go to every friday night I know. this should be an attraction at las vegas oh that would be
2: so fucking yeah. cool like you go back in time
1: yeah how do we pitch this to somebody mr win we need to get him on the phone i
2: think we <laughs> need to independently become millionaires ah, and just do it ourselves
1: mm, we could do this this would be fun yeah <laughs> yeah it's possible hmm. sure sure
2: sure sure. actually did you hear i don't know if you even saw the news uh universal's opening a year round
1: hell yeah i yeah. heard about this what are you talking about
2: and it's you're gonna really appreciate this it's at that area 15 location where that weird grocery store oh, is that you're yeah.
1: obsessed with the omega mart yeah <laughs> yeah we, area 15 super bizarre it's just sort of like an indoor art installation it's like a mall but the mall is its own art piece it's it's weird.
2: Yeah, and there's going to be a horror experience, man. It's going to be fucking rad. Love that.
1: Yeah. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Throughout the movie, like as the movies start playing at the marathon, there is a killer who's skulking around and knocking people off one by one. He's got burns from head to toe, so we assume it's Gates.
2: Well, and he's also often dressed like Gates.
1: Yeah, he is disguising his identity as Gates. He's like, wearing a long wig. Like, <laughs> like Kim mentioned, we later learn that it's and a And a hat. But, but what's really great about him is that after he kills somebody, he kind of like assumes their identity. We see him murder the teacher, who's sort of like spearheading the the film group. Professor Davis. Professor Davis. Thank you very much. We he gets killed with the giant mosquito bug. He gets impaled by it
2: what a comeuppance oh so
1: great and he gets dragged off and immediately this villain makes a mold of his face and casts a new silicone replica so he can walk around and steal his identity and become him yeah so
2: he's got a whole house of wax installed in the back of this movie theater and you're like has he been layered up here for a while He's or in, did he bring the whole operation yeah or like did he bring all of his like i need my wax kit i need my mask forms
1: Yeah, he, he, he's like the lon Cheney. he's like the he's the man with a thousand faces and a lot of grudges to settle so like that's what i think most people watching this movie or at least me last night assume that maybe possibly uh, the guy that they rented all the equipment from is the guy who's killing them for mm-hmm. for some weird reason. Also because we he never shows back up. We don't see him there. You'd think he'd be there for premiere night.
2: So I didn't have this issue no. because because of the D Wallace scene, because there was paranormal stuff happening, I was just like, "Oh, oh there's no twist. It is actually just undead dad." Because there was paranormal stuff. Yeah, th- Again, Paranormal stuff. I guess we're
1: supposed to assume that Toby has shown up somewhere a- at night and and rigged all of the letters to fly off and hit D Wallace. But
2: then invisible ones that said "possessor" appear. Oh my
1: god, that's so right! I, for- <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Holy shit!
2: Like magic happened. <laughs> yeah, and and the- and I'm short- not talking about cinema magic, like the magic of cinema.
1: Yeah, I got it. Oh, okay, I was pausing for dramatic. Effect. I thought
2: maybe you'd laugh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, well, the, 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 the hijinks ensues as uh, as this killer is walking around, taking people out one by one, especially, oh, this is the absolute fucking best, when Maggie and her boyfriend Mark show up to, to, to find Tina, who's been missing. Is he
2: your boyfriend? Is he your boyfriend at this point? Let's talk about Mark.
1: <laughs> we want to talk about Mark?
2: No, not really. He's just a... Dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, Mark is a is a horn dog. He, like he just wants to get laid, and and she's too absorbed in her film career <laughs> for him to wait for. Her. But then also, like his his uh, his side piece <laughs> blows him off as well. It's great, but they go looking for Tina in the back, where uh, where Bud, who's sort of handling the uh, the the electronic buzzers under the seats, says that she sort of walked off to. When they find her,
2: oh, I love this part.
1: She says that she's, uh, you know, oh, the mosquitoes back here. I'm just securing it so it doesn't fall away. But don't it's,
2: come too close. Let me stay in the shadows, right? Because
1: it's a total fucking weekend at Bernie's moment where she's dead and he's just like puppeting her arms, but from behind her, making his, it's me, Tina, your friend, whose voice you definitely recognize. <laughs> Hello there. You might want to leave. <laughs> It's so goddamn funny. And then, yeah, he just continues to, because he's a master of effects, because, you know, learning that it's Toby who is the killer, uh, who has every single day of his life made a fake mold appliance to put on to look like a normal human being. I don't
2: think he has to make one every day. I think he just makes a few and, like, he wears them like a wig. Yeah, (laughs) they wear off all the
1: time. But, like, he can make them, like, on demand within seconds. Because it's like... Uh, yeah, y- he
2: kills Mr. Davis and then assumes his personality in minutes.
1: Yeah, it's such an achievement for the special effects of the movie because when David, when Professor Davis shows back up, he's the one that kills Tina. Well, you know, Toby as Mr. Davis kills Tina uh, because she's coming in for a little extra credit. Uh. <laughs> Every fucking movie, if you're a teacher who's got any sort of like approaching 18-year-old student, bam, they're having sex, Yeah, right? in the
2: 80s and 90s, there was always like It was the only
1: way to get an a. a.
2: hot for teacher moment, you're just like, oh, guys, can't wait for this trope to end.
1: But like, right on his jawline, he's got just like this weird little skin wrinkle that's super out of place, that says to you like, oh, he's wearing an appliance right now. It's like minimal practical effects, but it totally conveys the idea that this is a different person who's wearing somebody else's face Mm -hmm. it's so good and like that's just a small detail that's not even getting to the scene where toby's having his big speech about being a villain and wanting revenge and putting on other people's faces while he's doing it so
2: that's really great but in the scene with tina you're you're missing the kiss
1: Oh, my God. I completely forgot about the kiss. Yo, this is like some some Matrix shit. I completely forgot about the kiss. Society
2: shit. It's society shit. That's
1: it. It's it's total society shit where they kiss, but their lips sort of seal because I guess his face is too fresh.
2: I think he's biting her.
1: Oh, you think... Whoa, you think that's her skin? I thought that was his skin ripping off of his own face. I, uh,
2: I, I, it's, I think it's a combination is, of both. I don't know, Maybe man. he puts
1: super glue on the lips. He's just like, <laughs> I know they're going to kiss, so I'm going to super glue her lips to mine, and I'm going to rip her goddamn face off. It's real good stuff. He would want to keep her face intact, though, if he's going to recreate it.
2: I Yeah, I guess so. Hmm.
1: Anyway, that's how he basically kills everybody. Like he's just sort of like sneaks around undetected. It's a masked killer movie, but the mask that he's wearing are the faces of his like previous victims,
2: which is wonderful. Yeah, but so here's where I have some logic questions. Why is he killing the film students? They appreciate cinema the most.
1: I think his pursuit of revenge has driven him mad. I I guess.
2: Uh, is I, it just for yucks? Is it just because like this is the final night? This is when I, everything's going to go down. I might as well kill six people instead of just one.
1: Well, I think those are the only people that are going to stop him because like the whole goal is that in the middle of the last movie, uh, this is this is why we don't see the rest of the stench because it gets interrupted by Possessor. He starts playing the the Possessor film. Yeah,
2: even though he's not this evil Gates cult film guy, he's like I'm still gonna. Have the same ending that he would if he were here, and well, just yeah. like actually finish the film. Yeah,
1: because D. Wallace is Maggie's aunt who saved Maggie from yeah uh, this this weird plot that her cult father had. Uh, so he's going to finish this off. He's going to punish her the sins of the father are uh, passed on to the daughter and he's going to kill her live on stage and then also the entire crowd because he's crazy. He's a madman. He's he's driven insane with rage.
2: My favorite thing about it though is that he is so angry because of, of all of these things that were stolen from him. His skin and, His and living a normal life and la la la. And then we find out that one of the remaining alive students who I love has a crush on him. Right? And Isn't he's like such Aw. a good scene. He's like, oh crap, don't derail me. And then he's like, No, I'm just gonna continue on with the murder. And it's just like, yo, Toby, make put your face on. Yeah. You have a date going on.
1: You could stop all of this right now. <laughs> yeah, we could pin the murders on somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, it's not too late, bud. <laughs> I, I I love that scene cuz he's definitely going in there to murder her. She's by herself. She is in the it's in the projection booth, right? Yeah,
2: and she's getting ready to do the stench stuff and right, he right, has right, just right. killed Leon in the bathroom with the gas and so he's a- assumed Leon's body.
1: Yeah, and so she's like, "Hey, have you seen Toby? Like he's have you said anything to have you talked to him at all? Like I think he, I think he's really cute. I totally want to like I want to date him." And it it's like breaks his heart a little bit and he just leaves. Like he doesn't kill her, but I guess she probably would have died in the fire later at some point. Uh yeah, I think he's just trying to kill all of them because they are the only people who have access to the The building. The back, yeah. Yeah, like, so he can lock all the doors and seal everybody in and burn the place down, which doesn't end up happening, even though... uh... I love that I love that D Wallace is there at the end of the movie, even though she's in like a fucking full body cast. He didn't kill her. He didn't try and take her face. He just plastered her up with the <laughs> gun. Why did he leave the gun in her hand when he full body plastered her?
2: I have no idea. I also just really like the Iron Maiden dress that he puts Sarah in because he's drugged her. Yeah. sorry Sarah slash Maggie.
1: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah yeah. yeah. oh yeah, because Sarah's her real name. Maggie's her fake assumed name. Yeah. what a fun movie. How do they stop him in the end? Does somebody just like kick him in the shins? He gets like,
2: ah! he gets mosquitoed. Right, uh, that's right. Shitty boyfriend Mark Peter pans his way across on the Murgo. Right,
1: zip lines down.
2: Yeah, and then he gets impaled with the mosquito. And you had a really pointed. Uh, <laughs> you just summed it up so perfectly. Well, yeah, because
1: the mosquito he gets impaled by the mosquito, but then the mosquito somehow is electrified, and and it
2: had lights in it. It, it makes sense. It
1: electrocutes him. And it is kind of funny that the three films, like all the gimmicks for the three films, are kind of in this moment. Like first he gets impaled by the mosquito, and then he gets electrocuted, just like the electrocution man, and then he becomes stinky with the stench of death, you know? <laughs> so he's he's kind of all three of those gimmicks. It's pretty funny.
2: Just pure cinema. All of the the knots are tied at the end. Right? Everything is in a nice little bow. Don't
1: you love it when just like a trashter piece movie like like uh, like popcorn can also be pure cinema. <laughs> Don't you love that?
0: <laughs>
2: yeah! <laughs> um, There are some leaps taken. There's a lot of plot leaps. We get real into the possessor thing real quick, real fast. Everybody's just like, no, surely it is this cult leader who's running around the theater murdering us all. And you're like, this is a really small world.
1: <laughs> There's yeah, there are there are quite a lot of leaps, but it's it's a super fun movie. And the the um, the the thing that really uh, had me scratching my head was how they ended. Like had the really like the last lines of the movie were out in the streets. Everybody's so happy to be alive. She's I guess forgiven Mark. Um, and she's like, wow, when you came in there sliding down on that mosquito zip line, it was like you were like Indiana Jones. And then she's like, oh, everything is a movie for me. I got to snap out of this. Life isn't a movie. I got to stop making movie references everywhere. And I can't. I can't really remember the exact exchange but he's just like, "Well, at least it's no longer a horror movie." Or or, or I was like, "Can we try a comedy next time?" like implying that their relationship has been a horror movie, he's hoping for it to become a comedy. And then you would you would think that maybe the next natural line would be for her to say like, "I was thinking maybe something more like a romance." Uh, but instead she just says, "Can you hold me?" <laughs> <laughs> and then they hug and we go to credits like that's that's the final line of the movie like bam what a like gotcha suckers like what a great final line hold me i it might be possibly a reference to like a casablanca style movie that you and i are just not familiar with possibly mm. but i have no idea
2: it's funny the one thing I just wanted to talk about a little bit more was the big villain monologue where Toby is wearing the faces.
1: It's so good. Because
2: as much as I give this film flack for the story being cheesy, if you're not won over by this scene, it is just so fucking well done. Like, yeah, every time we we go to a different appliance, like there's a cut or we go, we go to a reaction of somebody else. But... It just looks so fucking good. Well, yeah, because,
1: like, it's Toby in, like, first off, Toby, as he is, burned head to toe. Uh, and then he also has this sort of appliance built onto his face where we can see the skin stretching beyond, like it's like the appliance is just sort of set there, and we can see what it w- what it would look like if he put on the rest of the Toby face. But we can still see that like the top of his head is all fucked up and burnt. And then he he you know he grabs Tina's face and puts it on, and now he's Tina, and it's the actress playing Tina who's there with
2: like the Toby cowl. But yeah. he never attaches the ears because he's just putting the faces on, so like the ears are laying flop and they do such a great job of making it look like their actual faces are masks that they've put on. It's
1: incredible. And
2: he cycles through all of the cast that he's killed in just like single, like take off a face, put on a face, take off a face, put on a face. And with the clever cuts, they change out the actors for the scenes and it just looks so fucking cool.
1: Yeah, it's uh, hands down my new favorite villain monologue moment like sorry Affet Coto and James Bond you're out of here <laughs> like we're we're all about Toby and his weird floppy ears and popcorn yeah
2: it's super zany and weird but the more you think about it the creepier it is it's one oh, of those yeah. things that on its visual face it's silly but it's sadistic yeah
1: goddamn what a fun movie and yeah sure it's got it's got beats that just like don't hit and don't work and don't make sense but goddamn what a good time that's exactly why, I'm giving Popcorn a three out of four.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I'm having a hard time because I know it's a bad movie, but I had a lot of fun too, so yeah, I'm also going to go three out of four.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, that's right. This is the move, This is the kind of movie that can bring opposing people together. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I need a movie that's got good plot, and I need a movie that makes sense, and then you've got another crowd that's just like, I just want to see some dumb guy with a weird, crazy face and a lot of fun makeup, and then you, bam! Bam! Right in the middle, Popcorn is the movie that it, it satisfies everybody's needs.
2: <laughs> it's exactly what I wanted out of the movie. I, I wanted to have a fun time watching it. I thought it was actually going to be a lot darker than it was. I thought it was going to be more straight slasher in a theater. And I was so pleasantly surprised how fun and silly it was. Yeah,
1: I... I... Also assumed that it was going to be so bad it's good mm-hmm. kind of movie, but like I think it's genuinely good. Yeah, sure, it's got some like shaggy moments and all, but uh, but I'm also incredibly happy that there's a reason for them to be in the movie theater. It isn't just like a oh it'd be fun to have a horror movie in a movie theater. Like the movie theater is so integral to all of it, and and also for Toby to basically be a Lon Chaney guy who's a man of a thousand faces. Like it's it's all. Pure in favor yeah. of
2: film yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and i also just love too that it was such a like ensemble teen movie yeah and that we got so many fun moments with these side characters in a way that modern movies don't have time for yes i loved the characters that survived i loved the characters that died they all had personalities and they all went out in really fun ways man
1: what a fun movie love popcorn perfect popcorn movie i think is it also let's just say no reason why it should be called popcorn no reason at all i thought the popcorn was going to be poisoned i thought there was going to be something supernatural about the popcorn nope (laughs) and like the crazy thing is that like there is a shot where we literally pull into the words popcorn on the popcorn machine so it's like they they knew it was going to be called popcorn it should have been called Possessor,
2: maybe. Or like Midnight Double Feature or anything, like Midnight yeah. Horror Mat. Like something about the the whole night marathon. Yeah,
1: Madness at the Midnight Movie Marathon or Ooh, something. Oh, I like yeah, that. Anything like that. I yeah. guess it was at a time where they were looking for short titles.
2: Phantom of the Cinema. I don't know. That
1: would have been great. <laughs> it kind of is a Phantom of the Opera style movie. Mm-hmm. Damn,
2: what a good
1: movie. <laughs> But that's just our opinion, guys. Let us know what you thought of this uh, of this goofy, gonzo, midnight madness movie. Hit us up on Twitter at Podcast, or better yet, in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at NOFSPodcast.com slash Discord.
2: If you're a fan of the show, consider giving us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening to this, preferably Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps us get the show in front of more fiends and grow us in the charts. And if you've been a fan of us for a long time and you want to support Nightmare on Film Street, head to nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub for tons of bonus episodes and bonus content. We do watch parties and all kinds of fun stuff there, and we're gearing up for another year of some pretty cool content.
1: Yeah, The Fiend Club is where you're going to find full spoiler uh, review episodes of current in-theater movies. It's also where you'll find the podcast mini series where we run through franchises like A Nightmare on Elm Street, The Friday the 13th, and most recently, The Universal Monsters.
2: That's it from us this week. Until next time, stay, stay creepy. creepy.
1: It
0: appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. <laughs> Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends.